It is great to be back on Search the Scriptures again today with all of our listeners to be able to open up God's Word and again just gain so much from digging through those rich treasures of wisdom and guidance and knowledge that God has put there for us, right there for our use, right there to help us as we strive to live our lives faithfully before Him, serving Him on a day-to-day basis. Well, we need to never take the Bible and our access to it, our ability to be able to study it and understand it, and all that it teaches us. We never need to take that for granted, never need to take that lightly or carelessly, because it is such a blessing indeed. It's good for us to be able to be together in this program, and we pray that you are growing in your knowledge of God's Word, and thereby becoming better equipped to make your decision as to what you're going to do about His will for your life. That is truly central to our goal on Search the Scriptures. And it's my privilege to be able to study with you today from the Bible, along with Dennis Stackhouse. Thank you, Gary. I am certainly honored to be with you on the program today. And I'd like to also welcome all those who are listening to us. We're certainly pleased to have you here. And again, the bottom line we try to achieve on this program, Search the Scriptures, is to glorify God. And we attempt to do that by teaching His Word and doing so accurately and understandably so that we can all be better equipped to do those things which are pleasing in His sight. In fact, it would be difficult for us to glorify God without studying and knowing and living by His Word, wouldn't it? It's exactly right. There's no way we can do it unless we have a good working knowledge of the Word that He's passed down for us. Amen. Again, we just need to take the Bible and our blessing of having God's Word communicated to us in such a ready form, Mm -hmm. such an easy easy to understand form. We need to take that seriously, never lightly. That's right. Very serious. Dennis, we're going to move into a new study today, and we're going to uh, ask a question that probably has been on the mind of different people. But you know, I I suspect that a lot of people would not feel comfortable asking this question out loud. (laughs) Well, I think you're absolutely right about that, Gary. Uh, You know, we live in a society where the mindset seems to be before we actually commit ourselves to doing something or jumping into it or putting our full weight behind it, we want to know what's in it for us. Yeah, what's in it for us. Yes. That really is a mindset probably for our our society in a general way to a great extent. I think it is, yes. What's in it for me? Mm. Now, this particular question Asks, it asks that question in a little different way, mm-hmm. but it's essentially the same thing. Yes. Asking, does it pay to serve God? Mm-hmm. It's an interesting thought. Rather you know, arrogant, too, it, when you stop and think about it. <laughs> it can be. It really can be arrogant. You know, again, from a human perspective, it's as if, You know, we're going up before God's throne and asking the question of the Almighty, is it worth my effort to follow you in this life? Is it going to pay off for me in the end? Now, I guess from an instructive point of view, we could say, 
okay, it's not arrogant. It's simply a teaching kind of question. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you the question. And so the Bible class teacher might be asking his Bible class, do you think it pays to serve God? Yes. And so from that point of view, mm-hmm. it could be instructive. Yes, that's correct. But for a lot of people, I'm afraid it might be the arrogant challenge. Yes. What's in it for me? Yes. How does it pay me to serve God? Yes, and that is unfortunate. It really is. We find our text in Malachi chapter 3, the last book of the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. This was written probably about 400 to 450 years before Christ. Right. And yet this short book still has some gems in it, doesn't it? (laughs) Yes, it really does. And you know, I think sometimes, Gary, people might have the idea, well, you know, the Old Testament, you know, that's a long time ago. You know, those people, those events, they're separated from me by hundreds and in many cases thousands of years. Why go back and look at that? You know, why take the time to study it? What good is it going to do in my life to look at those Old Testament books and lessons? Well, I would contend that that many of those lessons we can pull out of the Old Testament are as relevant as our last heartbeat. I mean, they're as up-to-date as anything you can read in this morning's newspaper. Oh, my, yes, yes, really so. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Dennis, and, and this is probably something that a lot of people don't realize, but the New Testament was written with the presupposition that the reader already had at least some working knowledge of the Old Testament. I haven't taken the time to look into it in a detailed way, Gary, but I think the the number of times that the New Testament writers refer back to either directly or indirectly something in the Old Testament would be just a huge number. No, Jesus himself kept referring back to Old Testament prophecy or things that had happened in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's so much there for us, Mm -hmm. so much there for us. Well, you know, maybe some of us have in moments of weakness wondered, does it pay to serve God? Right. Some people actually have thought about saying it out loud, but most of us would probably refrain from that. (laughs) That's right. Because again, it sounds pretty arrogant and presumptuous. Yes. But uh, Israel went through a period of time in their history when they were both arrogant and presumptuous. They certainly did. And uh, rebellious and unfaithful and unthankful, you know, I mean, we put all those things in there and they went through periods of time when you could see various ones of those poor qualities or a combination of them, mm-hmm. you know, coming forth mm-hmm. from their national, you know, kind of their national mentality. That's right. And we see something along that line here in Malachi chapter three. How about reading verses 13 through 18? Your words have been harsh against me, says the Lord. Yet you say, what have we spoken against you? You have said it is useless to serve God. What profit is it that we have kept his ordinance, and that we have walked as mourners before the Lord of hosts? So now we call the proud blessed, for those who do wickedness are raised up, 
They even tempt God and go free. Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, on the day that I make them my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. Then you shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. There's a distinction made here in this particular text that is pretty stark. Yes, it is. We could say between the righteous and the unrighteous. Mm -hmm. He actually says between the righteous and the wicked. Yes. Well, we could also say between the faithful and the unfaithful. Yes. Maybe the committed and the Mm non-committed, the dedicated and the not dedicated. Yes. And, And again, Israel seemed to go through these periods in their history over and over again. Mm -hmm. where they at times were extremely zealous, extremely faithful and dedicated, fervent in their desire to serve God, and then just, in some cases, a generation removed, Mm -hmm. just about. Mm -hmm. They were back into idolatry. They were unfaithful. Mm -hmm. They were were rebellious before God. Mm -hmm. And it seemed to kind of go like on a a teeter-totter, up and down, up and down. Yeah, and you know, you go back to the book of Judges, Gary, and that's so evident. I mean, the people go through a hard time and they cry out to God, you know, we need your help, you need to save us. God delivers them through a judge, and they're pretty faithful, and they serve him rather readily during the time the judge lives. The judge dies off, they go right back into that same old nonsense. And time after time after time. And you know, Dennis... In my study of, of uh, the Israelite history during the Old Testament, you, you talk about judges, you know, mm-hmm. in First and Second Samuel and First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles. Uh, they, they went through these, these times when they were up and then other times when they were down. But there seemed to have been, even in times when they were quite dedicated and quite fervent, there still seemed to have been something of an undertone of not quite total commitment to God mm-hmm. in much of the case, much of the time. Mm-hmm. There was still, and I know the first time I, I studied through this period of history, it, it amazed me how they continued to hold on to remnants of idolatry, mm-hmm. the worship of idols even during much of the times when they were supposedly being faithful to God. Yes. They were kind of mixing. Mm-hmm. That's right. And that was, I think, because they were still holding on to some of that was probably fundamental to why they kept slipping back into such deep unfaithfulness. Mm-hmm. Yes, and you know that, That reminds me of something that Elijah asked the people on the occasion when he was on Mount Carmel. And he was in a contest, I guess is the best way we can say it, against the prophets of Baal. And he asked the people a question that I think probably gets at what you're alluding to there, Gary. And depending upon the version that you read, he's asking them, how long will you hesitate between two opinions? And I think one version actually renders that, 
how long will you limp yes. between two opinions? You know, and he was saying, if you're going to serve God, do it. Do it with your whole heart. If you're going to serve Baal, serve him with your whole heart. But don't mix them together because they just don't mix. Yeah, in a more contemporary frame of reference, we can say that he was telling them, get off the fence. Exactly. How long are you going to sit straddle the fence? That's right. Make up your mind. Yes. One way or the other. Yes. And people need to do that today. And of course, if they're wise, they're going to make up their mind to follow God. Oh, yes. Now, it's interesting in verse 13 here that God begins by chastising Israel, mm-hmm. saying, your words have been harsh against me, says yes. the Lord. Yes. Now, can you imagine that? Yeah, pretty strong indictment. And, and, yet, and yet, apparently, they were kind of challenging God as far as his posture toward them had been mm-hmm. at that particular point. Yes. And it's interesting, Gary, in, in uh, other parts of the book of Malachi, I think we find something similar where God is charging his people or bringing an indictment against them, and it seems as though they come back in a rather innocent fashion. You know, you look there in verse 13 as well, and the people responded to God's question, what have we spoken against you? Yeah. Us? Yeah. As me? If they're, they're really surprised by it. Yeah. Who, me? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> we, what did we say? That seems yeah. to be what they're asking. Yeah, yeah. And, and yet, apparently, they were saying things. Now, you know, we do this today, though, Dennis, I'm oh. afraid, a lot of times, maybe without thinking about it. Mm-hmm. It always bothers me when I, I hear somebody seemingly challenge what's happened to them in their life, some particular situation mm-hmm. with why would God let this happen? Or in some oh, cases, yes. maybe why did God make this happen? Yes. And, and a challenge. And, mm-hmm. and it is kind of a rebuke of God almost. It is. And what, what we need to realize is sometimes there are things that happen just because they're part of life. That's right. But certainly, we need to never challenge God and say, why did you let this happen? Why did you make this happen to me or to my child or to my wife or my husband or to my friend or whatever? Sometimes, you know, there's another force at mm-hmm. work, mm-hmm. and it's not God. That's right. And we need to recognize that. Now, in this world, things are not going to be perfect mm-hmm. because it's this world. That's right. And we're not going to find the perfection and the period of, of bliss that we might wish could be here in this world until we get to heaven. Right. But we need to live in this world in such a way that we will get to heaven. Mm-hmm. Now, God goes on in verse 14, and he responds to them. Mm-hmm. You know, after they say, what have we done? What have yeah. we said? You know, in, then in verse 14, he said, you have said it is useless to serve God. What profit is it that we have kept his ordinance, that we have walked as mourners before the Lord of hosts? Yeah. Well, isn't that the way a lot of people are today? Oh, yes. Why should I keep on being faithful? Why should I keep going to church? Why should I care? Mm-hmm. Why yeah, All this toe in the line and all this Christian business, what's it gotten me? Mm-hmm. And there again, we get back to that what's in it for me mentality. Exactly. 
And of course, the title of this particular study, does it pay to serve God? Yeah. Well, we're going to see that it certainly does. Oh, yes. But here is this challenge again. Mm -hmm. And I think, again, that we see this so much in the part of people today. They become frustrated. They become all upset. I keep trying. I keep trying. And things get, they don't get any better. Mm -hmm. In some cases, they just keep getting worse. Harder and harder and harder. Well, what good is it for me to try any hard anymore? Yes. Sometimes we don't see the bigger picture the view down the road Mm -hmm. and we're all caught up you know like the old saying you can't see the forest for the trees the trees keep getting in your way yes we get that tunnel vision yeah the way to put it and we need to try to step back at times Mm -hmm. and see the big picture Mm -hmm. the broader view of things and then we can realize ah yeah you know i okay i see yes that's Sorry, right. God, I messed up again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so he's challenging, he's chastising them for the for their their arrogance here. Yes. And they're not, they haven't asked this question from an instructive perspective. They've asked this question in an arrogant, challenging way, apparently. That's, I think, the sense that I get from it, yes. Yes. In verse 15, so now we call the proud blessed. Mm-hmm. I think the proud here is not proud in a, in a godly sense. No, not at all, especially with what follows there. For those who do wickedness are raised up. They even tempt God and go free. Can you imagine tempting God? Can you imagine challenging him to the, to the point where it's, it's almost like in his face? Hmm. Okay, well, show me. Yeah. yeah. Or here, I've tried and I've, it's, it's, it's just been frustrating and it seems like the harder I try, the worse life becomes for me and I'm just not gonna, I'm not gonna do it anymore. I'm not mm-hmm. gonna follow you. I'm not gonna be faithful. I'm not gonna be a part of the church. I'm not gonna be dedicated. And so they go off into unfaithfulness. Yes. Into unrighteousness. And it's like, show me God. Mm. So sad. It really is. Now, again, you talk about arrogance and ungodly attitudes. Mm-hmm. That's got to be way up there toward the height of the, uh, you know, the, the, the ladder mm-hmm. on that scale of, of arrogance and unrighteousness and ungodly attitudes. That's right. Boy, we've got to be careful because we can just let things kind of spill out of our mouths before we've realized how serious those words are. That's for sure, Gary. And that is so so difficult for us at times to control the tongue. Uh, you know, we're told by Jesus himself that we're going to be held accountable for every careless word we speak. Yes. What a, boy, that's a scary thought. Yeah, think about all those words that have slipped out of your mouth. Well, that's what I'm thinking of right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All those things we say that, boy, I wish I hadn't said that. Yeah, yeah. And I've had so many of those times, too, where later on after I've had a chance to calm down maybe and reflect on what I said, I think, wow, that wasn't a very godly thing to do. 
And in fact, it was probably pretty stupid a lot of times. Probably so. And I can say that because I've had the same kinds of experiences. Yes. And I think all of our listeners can say the same thing about their lives as well. Boy, how unfortunate that we keep making those same kinds of mistakes over and over again. Yes, it is. It really is. I, I often wonder when I'm going to learn my lesson. Yeah, <laughs> me I think, too. I think, well, as I get older, I know it'll happen. Well, I'm older. Yeah, still, right, It right. still happens. And so. we still make mistakes because that's the human side of us. and We're still mm-hmm. careless at times. Yes. And we've got to focus. And, and so, you know, how long did God let them go before he finally confronts them in this direct fashion? Mm-hmm. But eventually, see, we are all held to account. Yes. Yes, we are. And as you said, Jesus himself told us that we will be judged by every word or by the, our words. Yes, and actually I found the verse I was thinking of. It's in Matthew chapter 12, verses 36 and 37. Jesus said, But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. That is a sobering prospect. Very much We need to always be careful about the words that we speak in a casual kind of way, in a careless Mm -hmm. kind of way, Mm -hmm. especially if they're having to do with matters of godliness and faithfulness and commitment and dedication. We just got to be careful because before we realize it, we could find ourselves into real trouble Mm -hmm. and real rebellion against God. Yes. Our time is up for today, Dennis. We've got to stop here. We'll come back and pick up with verse 15 next time. And hopefully we've kind of whetted the appetite, so to speak, or stimulated the thinking of our listeners so that they can be ready as we continue this study next time.